and welcome to another episode of Lani Living. I'm Alana and today it's going to be all about me for a change. <laughs> no, um, I thought we'd do uh, an update because I haven't done one for a while. There is some things I really want to discuss with you. Um, issues that have come up recently and also some up-to-date news on things. I suppose um, I haven't really done an up-to-date blog or a podcast um, where I am in the cancer world right now. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk about something that started towards autumn last year. And it's so weird. I can talk about all sorts of gruesome body issues. I can pour out my mental health and when I'm losing the plot a little bit. But the bit I have to talk to you about next is probably really awkward. So I've got to get my poop head on. And that's it. We're going to be talking all things shit. Now, anybody out there that's ever had any experience with morphine as a painkiller will know all about the morphine plug. Uh, I mean, it literally, it comes with its own little um, salad dressing of laxatives because the the painkiller just bungs you up. I mean, oh, it's awful. It's like a stubborn toddler. It's going nowhere. It's a proper, you know, shoe stomping, sulking shit plug, and it makes you feel crap, really. And I suppose this happens a lot with a lot of other big painkillers as well. But um, once my pain team changed me from all morphine onto different pain patches, this did get better. And however, last autumn, things took a bit of a different turn for me. I mean, literally a different turn. Uh, it's a bloody good job we were in lockdown and I've got a toilet downstairs as well as upstairs. Um, you know, I'm joking about it, but it really wasn't a joke. It's when you have cancer, any changes that mean a whole different thing, anything that's not in your usual daily pattern, any change and the lights flash and investigation mode is in action. And I suddenly started to drop quite a bit of weight, uh, which is another thing that, you know, not something you get a, a pat on the back for. You don't really hear uh, any health team member saying, oh, wow, awesome, well done you, you lost weight. You know, you have cancer and you lose weight and it's, um, right, we need to look what's going on. And I, I know I was getting a call from my local hospital from a, a Dr. Andreev. So my phone rang with the usual unknown number that flashes up. And um, that actually means to me some NHS person is ringing you. It, it's no longer that where... I think they're going to try and sell me something or it's some insurance deal or anything like that. It's literally, that means NHS. And um, the first words I, I answered, I said, hello. And uh, it's, you know, oh, hello, is that Lana? And then the next thing he said to me is, uh, so is Robin Jones poisoning his patients again? And I thought, what, what the hell is going on here? I really did think I was being set up, but... The wonderful thing was, it turns out that this this chap, you know, a local hospital to me, actually used to work with my oncologist in London. So they understood each other. And I've got to say, that makes things so much easier. I will like to do, I, I will be doing a podcast one day about um, having different hospitals and different resources being part of your treatment plan. 
and it can get really difficult and um, things can get a bit cocked up because you know one person can think they're doing it and then another hospital thinks they're doing it and you've really kind of got to be on the ball yourself so I've got you know got through this and I've realized all those things so I'm a bit of a professional now with trying to make sure that I'm keeping all my eggs in the same basket so when this guy says you know he knows Dr Jones it it's brilliant um so we had a chat and I explained you know that I had chronic diarrhea and um the chronic diarrhea for me wasn't just diarrhea it was horrendous stomach pains um and it would be up to 10 times a day i couldn't eat and if i did eat um i was immediately in the toilet and you could recognize everything i'd just eaten it it was just going through my body you know i, I possibly should have started this talk with uh, a little bit of uh, a warning about these things so maybe maybe i'm going to have to put that actually in the title that this is what i'm going to be talking about but not not all not for the whole time anyway but that that's really how things were and it wasn't it's not nice it's it's debilitating it's exhausting it's tiring it's painful um even if i could have gone out i couldn't have planned anything i began planning my days and nights around you know my bowel movements because it had gotten that bad but um anyway um I had this lovely doctor, another lovely doctor on the team. I'm a pretty lucky girl, really. And um, we chatted about everything. He asked me lots of questions, a lot of medical history, a lot of things that have happened during the cancer and the treatments. And his answer was, so it could be one of seven things. Um, so we started to eliminate medications. Um, we tried different foods. Um, we had more appointments for blood tests, there was x-rays, there was scans, there was um, lots of phone calls with him and um, in the end I was diagnosed with bile acid malabsorption but also part of my bowel shows up that it looks like it's possibly been slightly damaged with the treatment I've had and obviously I've had three lots of radiotherapy to the area that would hit the bowel and I had my left hip done one time and then another session I'd had my right hip done I had my lower back done on one one round of radio so there's been a lot I've also had chemotherapy so that is a poison it goes through your body doesn't do nice things to you but then to make matters worse, um, I'm working up visually as I'm explaining these things to you. So we've done the bowel. I also have tumours in my liver. Your liver produces the bile. So <laughs> that's where the whole plan starts. And um, having tumours in there is not really helping matters because the whole thing with this bile acid malabsorption is it's an overproduction of bile. The body and the um bowel doesn't really absorb anything any nutrition or anything like that it's basically just flushed through so as your body goes you you know your liver produces the bile your um gallbladder you know holds on to some excess bile there yeah i don't have a gallbladder so that made things worse as well 
So then the bile's going down and then we hit, oh, look, we've got a little bit of a bit of a, an angry bit of bowel here that's not working anymore. I know what we'll do. We'll put this one up Shit's Creek. And they did. I was literally up Shit's Creek. So anyway, I've now been diagnosed with this. Um, I'm about to start some new medication. It's also been complicated as well because any medication I have can interfere with my chemotherapy uh, medication. So I have to be very, very careful which, which times of the day I take everything. And, uh, you know, it ends up becoming a life plan. I, I even now have to plan to make sure that the pills I take for this um, BAM, I think it's also called BA, bad, bad. Bile acid diarrhea, yes. So, um, but I'll call it bad because it's a bit easier. So, the pills I'm going to have to take for this bad is four hours either before or after I have the uh, or uh, the immunosuppressant tablet. Otherwise, that won't be absorbed into my system. So, I have to make sure, and I also have to take these pills twice a day. So, I've got to make sure that they're taken with food. Four hours before or after, twice a day, of this tablet that's pretty much, you know, working to keep me alive. And all because of a load of bloody shit. But we do these things. We have to do these things. So after three years of being on um, cancer support groups and things, I'm now the newbie on um, a bile acid diarrhea support groups you know some of these some of these people i i've read through their stories and a lot of this um bad actually is very very common but it's it's wrote off as irritable bowel syndrome and a lot of the symptoms are quite like it however there's also big flags for uh uh it's not it's something more than ibs and um, people just don't know that there's things out there that they can um, look into or ask their doctor for help on those things. So if you're listening to this and you do suffer from IBS, if your medication hasn't been working for a while, it's not it's not going to hurt you asking your GP, can I ask you about bile acid diarrhea or bile acid malabsorption, please? Is there any chance that my symptoms could be related to that because, you know, don't ever be afraid to ask. They, you know, they could turn around and say, no, it won't be because you don't have this symptom or that symptom, but it's worth asking. And the nurse that I spoke to at the hospital when I went in for um, a special scan you have for it, you it's another CT scan, but you're sat up for it and um, you have to swallow a pill a big pill that they give you and I think it's an hour you sit in a waiting room and then you're you're put through this scan sat in this chair sat forward then with your back to the machine then you come back seven days later and they repeat the scan and then that actually shows how quickly bile passes through your system so you can find out how you know how quick it does whether it's producing too much bile or whatever. I I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not a doctor. 
but um, I do know that mine was at three point something and that was classed as severe. So I had severe bile acid malabsorption, um, which is why I have gone on to some medication. Some people can possibly, if it's on a lower scale, it can be diet fixed. So I'm not saying go run out to your doctor, go and get a load of pills, but it might be worth you looking because there's certain things as well that set it off. It's anything high in fat will set it off. Um, and I found that even though I've gone on to a dairy diet, I, I don't eat gluten anyway because I do have a reaction to gluten. Um, I tried a dairy diet to try and make the symptoms better of, of what was happening last year. And I actually found that I preferred a lot of the, the dairy free um, items that I was eating. Um, but even so, the, uh, you know, I use a, a, t a type of plant butter. And even though it's a fat and I know when I've had it because, you know, my little legs are trotting off as quick as I can to the toilet. And I'm sat there thinking, you fool, you bloody fool. Why are you putting yourself through this? But, you know, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is it, it's really hard for a lot of people out there. And some of the stories that I read, you know, these people that have got have had it for years and years without being diagnosed have had to plan their whole life around um, a toilet. You know, even the thought of going to something like a concert. Oh, yes, but am I going to be near a toilet? Oh, I can't eat that day. Oh, I need to take these pills to make sure that I don't have to go to the toilet. I can't go out for a meal just in case I'm bad. There's so many things that it, and it cuts off so much of their social life. In a way, I've been extremely lucky that I was already in the health system being monitored for cancer that they found mine quite quickly so i feel so sorry so sorry for these people i really do and like i say some of the guys out there the, the stories i've read uh, it's sad even to the point where they've been trying for years with a doctor and the doctor sort of said to them no it's not no it's not you know and uh, it's not been until they've changed over doctors that that you know the new doctor sent them so they'd suffered for years for no reason as well um anyway I, i'm going off i'm going off what i'm wanting to talk about today with that really because i want to do something about that kind of thing another time I seem to be saying a lot of that today don't i oh i'm gonna do that another time i'm gonna do that time now, these things just keep popping up but so yes i'm now a bad babe i have bile acid diarrhea but hopefully not for long. Oh, however, I have been told now that once I stop this medication, one of the side effects could be constipation. So, yay, back to the old morphine plug. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Now it leads me to the update of all updates. I had started my new treatment uh gosh it will be october last year now october of 2020 uh serolimus and it's a immunosuppressant tablet that has been shown to uh help um it doesn't really it doesn't have like a miracle cure effect it's been shown to help su suppress the um cancer to keep it nice and asleep 
just keep it there ticking over nice and asleep and depending on lots of factors i don't know how they work it out um a lot of us with ehe are on different levels and things and um luckily they we've just started being able to have this this pill here in the uh the uk so the marsden sort it out for me and uh, i have a <laughs> little man in a van comes and delivers it for me every month because i don't believe i can get it at my health care where i am um so it has to come from the marsden um which you know i <laughs> Every time I just think, thank God for the NHS, I really do. But um, anyway, so I had my pills and I was started on one milligram, which is quite low. And I did have my, you know, little panics of, oh, yeah, but, you know, I know there's a young child with EHE and they're on six milligrams. And I'm, you know, I'm a curvy girl. I'm not a little skinny mini. Should I be on something a bit more? But, you know, I will bow to to the feet of uh, professor robin jones for his knowledge and i had my first scan follow-up so because of the new treatment uh, the scanxiety was a shocker this time i think how the hell i ended up coming out that week with any friends whatsoever i don't know because i really i was an arsehole i really was but i was petrified i was scared i was you know because in a way this sort of felt like not my last hope but it's you know it feels like the holy grail almost because i there is still chemotherapy all the time but um there is only so many options and if you get to the point where options aren't working then you you panic and uh yeah it's it's not easy it's definitely not easy so i had i had my follow-up scan and i had two weeks to wait and then i had my phone call uh sadly actually wasn't with professor jones it was one of the other team which um it's a shame really because I, I could have um had a nice squeal down his ear but um i was told that my tumor in my skull the tumours in my vertebrae, the tumour at the top of my leg, the tumour in my rib, uh, my hips are stable. My lung and liver tumours have shrunk. My lung and liver tumours have bloody shrunk. I mean, <laughs> three years, three years I've been waiting to hear this. It's just the most amazing news absolutely i i was just over the moon i can't i can't describe it but come on you know me i can't give all happy happy um i then went into a bit of a panic because i you know i've been told that it, it shrunk and i also have dealt for the last 3 years with counselors to deal with you know there might not be a cure you you're not you know it's not a case of they can go in and cut out your tumors and here have some chemo and we'll wait and see for no evidence of disease or anything like that it's it's not going to be like that for me so i kind of got my head around i'm going to die from this and you've got to you've got to deal with that you've got to you got to deal with it. You never do. You never deal with it. Then all of a sudden, I've been told that 
you know, two areas of my body, the tumours, have shrunk. And this is like hope. This is the biggest batch of hope could ever wish for. And then it hit me like a ton of bloody bricks. I hadn't planned on living. I hadn't, I hadn't put a life plan in order in my head where I deal with everything in my little deal with it bank and my little fuck it bucket. I'd not dealt with you're gonna live and you you're gonna survive. You can you can survive this. You could see more shrinkage happening. You know your pain could get better. You could walk better and everything. And in all honesty, I am starting to walk better. Um, my pain is right now manageable on the level of painkillers I've got it. There are side effects, and you know I get tired very easy. And uh, I've st- uh, I've had an ongoing thing with my lungs, and um, so I can't walk very far without getting extremely out of breath. But I I was given hope, and um, yeah, you got the excitement, and then it was the ah. Uh, and then it's excitement again. And so there was a lot of tears and things. And uh, but I, I had I've had a great counselling service um, and it's through oncology. It's been there. It's there all the time for me um, for the last three years. And basically, if I need them for a few sessions, I contact them and they're there ready to talk for me, to me, listen to me and help me through find me ways of coping with things and you know I spoke to her and uh, her idea was I need to have a party how the hell do you have a party in lockdown I mean it's it's near one impossible but no I made it possible I had a party but um, I ordered some paper hats and I ordered some of those blowy things do they even have a name you blow them and they squeal and they're really annoying and my dog bites them to bits and anyway I bought some of those and I invited my best friend Sam the arsewipe um mainly because she's the only person I'm allowed near while I'm in um shielding so she's kind of classed as my uh, in brackets carer so she's allowed to come in and and um take me you know, to appointments and things like that. I'm, a, I'm allowed nearer. So I invited her to my amazing party. And uh, yeah, she bought a little, little, I think it was a little gin and tonic in a can. And we had a hat on and we blew some things and we ate a lot of food and we laughed and laughed and we talked rubbish and we talked about things from crazy times. And, and I had the best tumour shrinking party ever it was amazing and then after that I realized that I needed to sit down and start making my my plan on living list you know I might have a bucket list still but it's a it's going to be continuous because I have to carry on and I'm going to keep taking the medication and I'm going to get that shrinkage and I'm not going to think of anything negative whatsoever I'm determined. But uh, yeah, I just needed to share my news with you because I'm just so happy. Coming up to three years and all I've ever heard is um, growth and aggressive and new treatment and 
another round of radio, another round of chemo. So to get that phone call and hear your liver and your lung tumours have shrunk. So I sleep a happy woman right now. I sleep a happy woman that sometimes has to get up in the middle of the night with the shits. But uh, I'll take it. You know me. I don't mind. So, yeah, I thank you for listening to me and my happy news today. And I'm going to do a few more of these um, catch up on things because there is still lots of things I need to talk about, as well as in between interviewing some other amazing people. Um, but, yeah, so thank you for listening to my whinging, my shit talk and my happy day party. Please. If you want to ask me any questions, either leave them in the comments on the website. You can get me on Lani Living on Linktree or the Lani Living website. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I, do you know, I've got a TikTok thing, but I don't really know what to do with it apart from watch videos of other people making fools themselves. So we'll see about that one. But anyway, if you need to contact me, that's where I am. Ask me some messages. And if you can, and after you've listened to this and you like what you heard, leave me a rating because uh, I, I realise that it turns out that by doing that, it means that more people get to listen to me as well. So, yay, let's spread the shit. Once again, thank you guys so much for being there for me. And um, we'll talk soon. And hopefully I'll have some more shrinking news in the next four months. Now, stay safe, please, everybody.